Wow, what a time to be alive. Like, who whoever thought that <laughs> that football would or as I call it soccer, whoever thought that um you know, just a little video football game would cause such a stir. And you know what? That just goes to show you that you never know when somebody's going to have their comeuppance. You never know what's going to be the trigger. You never know what's going to be just the flame that causes the whole thing. And, you know, I have a feeling that Meghan Markle understands that because sis is just on maternity leave, minding her own business and watching the whole thing unfold. And we love that. We love that for that queen. And just what is Megan witnessing unfold as she minds her African-American business in America on maternity leave? She's watching, as you and I are watching, the entire world drag Prince William in particular for his absolute hypocrisy around racist abuse. Now, for those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, and I, I feel like there's quite a few of y'all, I will briefly explain to you <laughs> what I'm referring to. But I, I'm just giddy. So you may or may not have heard about the football tournament that was happening in, in Europe, the Euro that got postponed because of the pandemic on last year. Well, England made it all the way to the final, and that surprised everybody. But they made it to the final. And again, if you're American, I'm talking about soccer. Now, if you're on Twitter, you might have seen just a few people, you know, on, in the squad, just fun, playfully sort of rooting against England uh, every time they advanced to the next stage. Just because, you know, it, it is what the girls deserve. And I don't necessarily mean the players, but it's what we don't want to see them happy you know what I'm saying after what they did to Megan okay but anyway people were sort of playfully just saying well you know what I'm gonna root for their opponent I'm gonna root for whoever they're playing and that's just that on that so they get to the final against Italy and everybody's rooting for Italy at least at least in the squad because even people in England <laughs> but you know it's sort of all fun and games because you know it's it's just sport right well England lost the final but it was very close because it was in a penalty shootout. And that just means whatever team scores the most goals after their five tries, they win. Long story short, Italy won. England lost. Just one penalty shootout. England scored two. Italy scored three. And here's where the racist abuse comes in. The three players that happened to miss their attempts on England, were black. And do you want to know what's amazing? As I watched them miss their penalty shots, I said, oh, they're going to get, they're going to get all kinds of things on social media. But the longer I looked at the reactions on Twitter, the more I saw people saying the same thing, black and white people, knowing who their countrymen are, right? Um, I knew right away, but I was still happy I was feeling really bad for them because the thing is in a penalty shootout 
And I, I'm not even really a huge soccer fan. Let me just tell you that right now. But I do watch it when those big tournaments happen. So I watched the the Copa America, which was just the night before. The final was the night before. Shout out to Argentina. Well, and the World Cup, obviously. Maybe the Olympics, but, you know, that's also a big one. But this one also. But then I had a vested interest in this one because I was really interested in seeing England lose. But so in a penalty shootout, you're like, your nerves are on 10, even as a spectator, because every single attempt matters. But even even though I was so against England, when, when Marcus Rashford actually missed his, because he was the first one to miss, I was like, oh, man. You know, I was happy they missed, but I felt really bad for him because I knew what was coming his way even though he's the one who did the whole campaign about making sure England's children had enough to eat. But I was like, oh, man, you know, these people are not going to care about that. They're going to forget that like it never happened because he missed that goal. And he was so close because it hit the post. And then Saka missed his, and then when Sancho missed his, that was it. Because he had to make it in order for them to stay in. Okay, so that's that. Ironically enough, I was having an exchange with somebody on Twitter who's English. And during the match, he asked me, well, why do you not like England? Out of curiosity, I just don't get it. Why do you not like it? And where are you from? I was like, well, I'm from America. But yeah, this is why we don't like England. England is very isolationist at this particular point, and they're leaning toward the far right. That's my view. That's my personal view as an American, and that's saying a lot because I'm an American. So he goes, are you kidding? England is one of the most tolerant countries. Don't you know there's so much racism going on in Italy against black people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I was like, look, that's fine and well. I'm American. I don't really care <laughs> one way or the other. But all I know is I'm rooting for Italy because I don't want England to win. I didn't even mention Meghan Markle. And then somebody else mentioned that to me, too, that, you know, Italy is also a very racist country or it may not be the, the most hospitable place for black people. And I'm just like, look, these three black guys just missed the penalty shootout. They missed their they missed their attempts on the penalty shootout. Do you know how much racist abuse they're about to get? This is this is as it's happening. And then before I know it, I'm seeing videos and screenshots of, you know, Marcus Rashford and, you know, social medias and so many monkey emojis, bananas, calling them all of the racist names, whatever you can think of, they were called it. And just like clockwork, like I would have been more surprised had I not seen this happen. And then the loss becomes less about how great this team was throughout the whole tournament. And they were, they were, they were incredible. They were great, man. I remember watching the World Cup, like the previous one, and they didn't do too badly in that one. But this team is even better than that. And yeah, it sucks to lose the final, but that reaction took all of the attention away from this team because the world is watching and it put it squarely 
on all of the unsavory things that England loves to pretend does not exist, including, but not limited to, its vile treatment of one American named Meghan Markle. So the Black players missed, and the racist abuse starts, and people are reminded, even, you know, Brits of all kinds, but especially Black Brits, they're reminding all of the girls that as a football player, you're English as long as you're winning. When you're losing or you're the person who's seen as the one who's the blame for the loss, you're black then. And then you should just go back to Africa. You're an African, you know, or you're the N-word. You're not British. What if it was Harry Kane that had missed? What would you call him then? What would you call him? Oh, right. There's no name for that. And this is why I really, really, really feel for Black Brits, especially those who are just rooting for the team because they, you know, it's English, they're English, and we want to win one. And then to have to not only just deal with the loss in and of itself, but then to also have to combat racists just because they see you as nothing other than someone who's there for their entertainment, especially if you're an athlete. And then as a as a black Brit, seeing how black athletes are treated in this type of circumstance, like it must be maddening. And I'm sitting here thinking as an American, I don't really know that we have an equivalent. We could say, you know, the kneeling for the anthem. And there were quite a few, you know, American football players and, and professional athletes in America saying, you know, we're more than just stupid athletes. You just want us to shut up and dribble or shut up and play. And we're, we're, we're not your new slaves. So there was some of that talk. But the thing is, those sports are not global in the way that soccer is. And America ain't never been no player on no national, <laughs> like no global stage rather, for a World Cup. You know, none of that. We just don't, we just don't, we're not good. This is straight up. So while the NFL protests definitely garner global attention, even with that, so much of the criticism it's, is encased in sort of this fake idea of patriotism. Maybe one or two times you might see some rando call somebody the N-word or, you know, say things like, that are racially insensitive, but not quite the N-word or what have you, but nothing as acute and vast as we saw with the social media of these black footballers. I mean, if you can think of a, of a good example or a, an equivalent example like this that we've seen in America, let me know. Cause I just m must not be remembering, but you know, people try to say things and insinuate things, but to have a whole nation attack an athlete or a group of athletes because they're the reason we lost. I mean, I, w I guess I would think maybe the Olympics, the Olympics is coming up, but I don't necessarily know that as a nation, we're as invested in even Olympic sports um, the way that England is invested in soccer or invested in football in a, in a tournament like that. So maybe the cultures are just a little bit different around that. And make no mistake, if there were black players for Italy 
and you know the roles were reversed and they missed the point and England won I bet their their social media would be full of the same thing and sadly that's just how it is you know that's why you have campaigns to end racism and racist fans uh, or racist abuse in football games from the fans because it's just rampant all throughout the sport but see the thing is England pretends that it's better than that right and that's where we are right now so soon after we see the racist abuse to the to the black footballers you know people start remembering hey wait a minute didn't William say something not too far in the distant past about how he's bored of racism in football and how we have to do better and how the mental health of the football players that are on the receiving end of this type of racist abuse should be protected and things of that nature. I mean, you know, doing the little empty engagements and the little PSAs and things like that. Well, Will, where's your statement? Do you stand for this or will you come out swiftly against it? And, you know, I got to say, I was just happy to wait for his response, for their response. But really, it's coming from Will and Kensington Palace because that's just what they do. You got to put out a, you got to, you got to try to say that you're on the right side of history. And and the thing is, you don't want to be too late with it, which we see that they, they kind of are with a lot of things, especially around race. But since this was like everybody in the world was having this conversation right after the match, I was just happy to see how it would go down because the thing is, I knew Kensington Palace was in a no-win situation because they couldn't not say anything given how incredibly maddening things were after the match. But then the minute they said something, everybody would be reminding them of the hypocrisy that they carried out within the last three or four years. And that's great because it's exactly what they deserve and it's exactly what happened. So Will decided he was going to hop on Twitter and speak to the world and let the girls know how disgusted he is with the racist abuse that those three players experienced. And you know it's him because what he does is sign the tweet with the letter W to let you know Hey, I wrote this one, or at least I composed it, which is actually typical for a public figure uh, and their social media account. So in the morning, he writes, I am sickened by the racist abuse aimed at England's players after last night's match. It is totally unacceptable that players have to endure this aberrant behavior. It must stop now. And all those involved should be held accountable. W. See, now that would be all fine and well. If people weren't also begging for you to be held accountable for your alleged racist abuse of your sister-in-law. So when you read the words and the words are supposedly coming from him directly, it all just seems so flat and phony. It's almost laughable. Like 
he can't be taken seriously. And the thing is, people don't pile on Will and Kate just because they think it's fun. They do it because they're such hypocrites. It's kind of like the same thing when Kate decides to show up at a vigil for a murdered woman with no mask on in the middle of the pandemic for positive PR. There are the psychophants who praised it, but then there are those who don't have rose-colored glasses on and say, hey, that's actually kind of messed up what you did. And it's also hypocritical because how can you go out and say that you're supporting women, but yet your sister-in-law, who was also pregnant, could have used your support but didn't have it? And so they gave her the blues for that, just like they're giving William the blues for this. So it's like, do you think people are stupid? And that's another thing I think millions of people are resentment toward and just take issue with. Because I think the royal family operates in this way that they do think people are stupid. They think that people are so ready and willing to ignore their faults that that in and of itself has become a major major weak spot for them and it's amazing because there are so many people involved with keeping the monarchy on people's good side you got all the people in the gray suits you got the family you got all the courtiers why do they keep flopping like this oh that's right because the world can see that these are just not good people and I gotta give it up for Sussex Squad because you know I got this tweet a little bit late, like a couple of hours, just because of the time difference. And when I tell you (laughs) the receipts, the receipts, the receipts, Whitney said she wants to see the receipts. Well, the, the receipts are all there. I mean, because all kinds, three years worth of receipts were right under, under William's tweet as a reply for everybody to see. And what makes this so beautiful is that truly, the world is watching because it was right after this match with Italy. And everybody tunes in to the Euro, the Euro tournament. So, and then everybody is really watching people who wouldn't ordinarily be watching because of, of the racist abuse and how that has now become news around the world. And then now people are automatically going to tie it with what Megan said and what Megan's claims were about her experience in the royal family and how that fell along racial lines. But like the replies, man, when I tell you Harry and Meghan's fans came with it and just displaying Kensington Palace's racism from the last couple of years, just tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet, I got to say, I was incredibly proud. And to add to that, as the news of William's statement sort of makes its way around Europe and around the world, the royal family, and William in particular, begins to be dragged in multiple languages. I saw German, Italian, of course, Spanish, Afrikaans, Portuguese, even Arabic. And this is where, all about Meghan Markle, by the way, all of them supporting Meghan Markle and saying, no, bro, you're a hypocrite because we saw what happened. This is where, if this is truly the beginning of the end of the monarchy, especially as people are seeing William come into power, 
they have no one to blame but themselves. Because how tone deaf must you be that you would double down on your racist abuse of your sister-in-law and completely forget that the whole world is watching. Just like they watched the royal wedding, they watched for three years as you abused Harry and Meghan. And they also watched that Oprah interview where they heard their side of the story. And the verdict is, we don't like you. We think you're bad people. William, we all think you're a bad person. And I think it's so wonderful that everybody got to come together in order to tell you that in multiple languages. Because no, you don't get to throw the rock and hide your hand. You tried it. You did. I got to give you credit for that. Because again, I know you think we're stupid, but you gave it the old college try. And we called you out on it. And so just like when the Black Lives Matter protests popped off over here in America and then they they sprung up really around the world, but also in England, I said it then and I'll say it now. You don't have a leg to stand on. You can't say anything about Black Lives Mattering. You can't say anything about racism being, um, you know, non-English like. You can't say anything about it because you had the golden opportunity to show the world that you were not just tolerant, but accepting. You as an individual, accepting of people who were not from the same background as you, who were not of the same hue as you, and you flopped like a pancake. You were all too happy to flop at that. You had to send your signals to all of those who support the monarchy for all the wrong reasons, for it being a symbol of, of white supremacy. You had to send your message and boy, did you send it. And we all got it. We all got it. So I hope you are, you know, secretly in your your fake Twitter account, whether you have one or not, girl, I don't know. But I'm, I'm assuming that you at least have access to the replies. I hope that you realize that this is inevitable, actually. And it's only just the beginning. And there's nothing that you would be able to say to convince non-royalists that you're not a bad person. At this point, even Charles has more leeway. And you know what? That just goes to show you that people know a lot more about what's going on than you give them credit for. So like this current smear campaign Kensington Palace is putting out on Meghan, trying to call her a bully. Everybody knows it's coming from Will. You don't have to be a Meghan Markle super fan to know that Will is orchestrating this. And in so many words, Robert Lacey said it himself. And so given the reaction of, you know, really the world at Will pretending to actually care about a person's mental well-being after being on the receiving end of racism, I think everybody else also realizes that, you know, it was probably Will who made the comment about Archie's skin color. <laughs> I saw a lot of that. Um, it was probably Will orchestrating the movement, like the push to get Harry and Meghan, but Meghan in particular, out of the royal family. And then also, if you look at the stories, even now, every once in a while, you're going to see a story that's insinuating that from the media, because the media is the team players, so that they want Harry to come back and not Meghan. 
Well, I would imagine that that would be Wilt's point of view too. He wants his brother back, but he wants her to stay wherever she is. Right? So it's like everybody sees it. Like you have played your hand and you have lost. You need to accept that this is a losing game and you need to go back to the drawing board. Because the game that we're currently in, I don't know who the winner is, but you're definitely the loser. You done lost. And here's another thing that people are not going to let you do. They're not going to let you, the Cambridges, continue to try to build your new brand, whatever this is, off the back of Meghan Markle. You're trying to call her a bully and you be the antithesis of that. Trying to paint Harry and Meghan as the bad guys, the tyrants, the sociopaths, while you swoop right on in after the, this, this final match and try to get some of this free goodwill because you're saying the right thing. Nope. Nope. It's a wrap. We're not letting you do that because we know who you are. And we have all seen that for the last three or four years, and even now, while Meghan is on maternity leave, the royal family and KP in particular continues to try to build its brand off this woman's back. The whole time sending signals to their racist supporters. And that's another thing that I, I, I didn't really see a whole lot of being said, but certainly it was implied. But the whole time Kensington Palace has been abusing Megan and Megan in particular, as well as their friends in the press, because we must be reminded that the institution and the press have an invisible contract. And therefore, this entire time, they've been working in tandem to try to take this woman down. The people of the world with common sense have decided that they cannot and they will not allow you, Prince William, to act as if the very people you're condemning in this tweet after this football game, aren't the same people who support you. You know, we know, they know, we all know that these are the same types of folks you get the bulk of your support from. And not just you, but the entire monarchy. These are the ones who voted for Brexit. These are the ones who are anti-immigrant. The ones who drop monkey emoji and banana emojis in the comments section of a guy who made sure their children had food to eat when they didn't have the means to. Prince William, these are your people. That's how I see it. And that's the way the world sees it. You know, I love that y'all thought y'all got away with one, but we snatched that wig right on off. You know... This whole weekend, they've been doing a lot of PR, sports-related PR. You know, one of the things I talked about on Twitter in the last, what, week or so, a couple of weeks when Wimbledon starts, because I'm a, I'm a huge tennis fan, uh, and I love to watch Wimbledon. And like I said, I've been watching for, what, like 20-something years, at least 20 years, pretty much the entire career for Venus and Serena, and it's been about 20 years. Um, and... You know, I know recently Kate has been given that uh, charity or that patronage since uh, the queen pretty much handed it over to her a couple of years ago. But we noticed that when Megan got there, that suddenly Kate is all up in the mix in the finals, you know, and that's all fine and well. 
but for me, it's transparent. Like I can see what she's trying to do. She's trying to get some free publicity, and well, truthfully, they they do need it. But <laughs> um, that's been annoying to me. But you know what? I'll allow it. And you see, Will showing up at the finals every year now. Um, and and but the, here's the other thing that I don't like. Um, this is a slight tangent, but. Starting two years ago, so not last year because there was no Wimbledon last year, but the year before that, Djokovic also won. And that was the first year that Kate decided that, you know, I want to be on the court with the players. I want to be on the court during the award ceremony. I want to hand the trophy to the player. Maximizing, right? Maximizing that camera time. But even still, as much as that annoys me, because that's never happened, it's always been the Duke of Kent. Um. I'll I'll still allow it. And then you have this golden opportunity. The Euros are, you know, in London and, you know, every night, maybe not every single game, but they're there in those later stages on television. And everybody's talking about George in a suit and how that's weird, but it is what it is. I love that. Let's just assume that they, they got the maximum positive publicity that, they want it to get, that their goals have been met. I love that it all came crashing right on down with one tweet. I love that for them. I personally love it for them. Like it couldn't happen to a better couple. It simply could not happen to a better couple. And then speaking of their appearances at the football tournament, Italians are not so pleased that Will and Kate didn't stay for the award ceremony at the end. So she'll stay for one, right? So they'll stay for the the, the finals uh, so she can get on TV. But then when they lost, right? I mean, because I feel like if Andy Murray lost, she's not going to leave. They're not going to leave. She's going to take her ass right to the court and hand the trophy to the winner. But for this, they left. And that's not a good look for your nation. Like, you're there. You're clearly there celebrating, you know, in the first five minutes when England scored. But then you leave before the actual champions. You guys are the host city, not Italy, not Rome. You know, so you leave and you don't even, you don't even applaud the champions. Like, not a good look. Not a good look. But it's these types of things that show the world like they they don't even realize how bad it looks because they don't care because again they're not good people you know this is where everybody sees them for who they are and somebody also brought to the the twitter versus attention that harry didn't do that you remember when harry went to south africa i don't even know where the rugby championship was but it was somewhere but England made the final and South Africa won. Um, Harry didn't leave. Harry congratulated the South African team. And that's where you saw that viral piece of content where somebody compared Harry to uh, Barack Obama in like the handshakes and all of that. He was in the South African team's locker room. You don't think Harry wanted England to win? He was the patron of that charity, <laughs> of the rugby team chair. So it's like, um, that's the difference in Will and Harry. And everybody sees that. And not just now, not just when Megan showed up, but for really their whole adulthood. 
Harry just brings different energy and Will brings his very dark energy and people are letting him hear it. And we love that for them. And speaking of tennis, just a few days before or the day before, actually, uh, Ashley Barty played in the final and she won her final. Congratulations to her. But Australians didn't like the fact that Will and Kate, they were cheering for Pliskova, a Czech player. Both of these ladies are great athletes, but Australia is a Commonwealth country and you're like, you're deliberately cheering for her opponent, like for Ashley Barty's opponent. So that was a little bit weird. I believe the word Republic was trending in Australia after that. And I love the pettiness because it's like, girl, let it be known. Because how can you not cheer for somebody in the Commonwealth? At the very minimum, be neutral. Like, don't clap for nobody. That way nobody can blame you. But see, that just goes to show you that these people, they do not care. And that's also terrible like a terrible look because Ashley Barty is an indigenous player like you wouldn't be able to look at her and tell but she most certainly is and it's a very well-known fact in Australia so it's kind of like how do you not know that Will and it's another opportunity for people to say hey this guy's got some real issues around race got some real issues around um supporting non-whites and you know he really does let it be known to the world that he stands on the white side of things like like you're either stupid plain racist or you're both but one thing you're not is fooling anybody you're not fooling nobody girl so Australia had their chance to drag him first them first uh then Italy (laughs) then Italy had their turn and then the world you know and that was truly a drag herd around the world like quite literally and I'm, I'm so glad that Megan on her maternity leave whether she has a you know a Twitter, certainly people are telling her about it because it's already in, in like news pieces now. It's it's trending all over the world. News outlets of all kinds, publications of all kinds are writing about it. Why Meghan Markle is trending after a football match that she has absolutely nothing to do with while she's on maternity leave. So one way or the other, whether Meghan is on Twitter or not, she didn't heard about it. And I love that for Lily Mama. I really do. And it just goes to show that all you got to do is just be a good person. You know, they doing all of this stuff trying to make Megan look like a bad person. And everybody is still out here in these Twitter streets fighting her battles. Because she ain't got to, she doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. She's proved it by how she lives her life and how she has treated people long before she ever met any of these people personally. People know who people are. Like people can read authenticity and they can read phoniness. From Will and Kate, we see phoniness. From Harry and Meghan, we see whoever they present themselves to be, that's who we see them as. Meghan didn't have to do nothing. And the karma wagon just keeps on rolling. This, I believe, is a preview of things to come because 
at some point, the next monarch is going to take his place. And, you know, that drumbeat ain't going to do nothing but get louder. It's going to get louder. At some point, Megan's going to come off maternity leave. And they're going to be doing the things. And that global presence, y'all are so afraid of them actually getting um, and of it growing. It's going to do what it's going to do. And the easy thing for you to do is just to do your own thing and stop trying to cut them down at the knee because it ain't going to work. You should see that it's not working because even while the both of them are on maternity leave, you can't seem to beat them. This competition you created, you losing it. You set the rules and you still losing. And the Sussex brand is here to stay, you know, the brand of compassion and caring, the brand of authenticity. It ain't going nowhere. And speaking of that Sussex brand, fingers, fingers crossed, because what, today is Monday? The Emmy nominations come out tomorrow morning. It'll be bright and early on the West Coast. It'll be midday, I would imagine, <laughs> in England by that time. And... I'm sure the girls are going to be glued to the television screen because the me you can't see, the producers, Harry and Oprah, put their hat in the ring. They put their name in consideration. But by the way, Oprah is a pro at this. She is the queen of the Emmys. <laughs> I mean, because to be honest, she really is. But um, put their hat in the ring, you know, consideration for primetime Emmy. For the me, you can't see that impactful, that very consequential, substantial documentary series around uh, the subject of mental health. Prince Harry, a true mental health advocate, just like we saw Naomi Osaka speak about how, you know, those who, who truly care about people's mental health reached out to her, Meghan Markle being one of them. And... The me you can't see, we hope that name, that that title is read out for the category of documentary program and series. I believe that's it. But and the thing is, the me you can't see was so good, not because Oprah's name was attached to it, not because Prince Harry's name was attached to it, not even because other celebrity names were attached to it, but because it actually it talked about so many different types of mental illness and it provided so many resources. It had so many mental health care professionals involved and informing the content of the series. But the fact that so many people of huge names, incredible careers were involved with it, but sharing their story. That's not something we see. I don't really know if y'all realize how rare something like that is. And then for it to be on a platform that the world can access it. I mean, like it's, it's truly the first of its kind, uh, a docuseries like that on that subject that I have seen. So I, I really hope that their name is written out. And of course, Oprah's name just brings that heavyweight sort of feel to it. Um, fingers crossed they get that Emmy nomination. But I mentioned this on a previous podcast. Do you know who else put their quote unquote project into the consideration list for this same exact category 
of documentary program or series or I'm sorry, I don't know what the name of it is, but Prince William did. I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> they talked so much about Harry and Meghan when they left the royal family that they were just wanting to go off and be celebrities. No, you can't use the word royal because royals don't do the things that you want to do. You just want to go off in Hollywood and make money. And at that time, as Harry said in the interview, they didn't know what they were going to do. They were living off of Princess Diana's inheritance money and what, you know, whatever Megan already had. So when they left, you know, the the trolls and the media and basically the family by implication were saying, well, you're just going to go off in Hollywood and go be a celebrity. Go do that. Well, William, why are you trying to be a celebrity? Why are you trying to get the awards that celebrities want to win, like Emmys, for your documentary that nobody even knows exists? Oh, why are you trying to do that? Oh, because you're trying to compete what you don't compare. And it's that snake shit, that type of shit. Well, you hit somebody over the head and you assassinate their character in public, but behind the scenes, you do exactly what, what they do and you want exactly what they have that people don't appreciate and that they, in fact, resent you for. So if Harry gets a nomination for an Emmy, because whether he wins or not, he's always going to be Emmy nominated. And you don't, which I really have a hard time believing that you will. Oh, I'm a shot from the rooftops. And you're going to get dragged again. Because it's become a pastime. And what a time we will have. And so with that, you know, that is pretty much all I have for today. I just wanted to get on here and just put my thoughts down about the events that happened. Um, this spontaneous global event of the dragging of Prince William. And I just got to say, congrats to Italy. What an incredible victory, you know, Um Honestly, what a great match that was. Like, I was thoroughly entertained. And also congrats to England and their, those football players because that's a tough match to lose, to get so close, especially in your home country, to get so close to winning the one of the big prizes that you could win in your whole career and losing it in a penalty shootout. That's tough, um, which is probably why just people are just so – they're just not tolerating the abuse that these players got because you can't do what they do. You can't do what they do. So, and, and God knows they don't deserve it. So all of the players, I hope that, you know, England footballers just in the whole entire community actually just wrap their arms around these three young players and let them know that, the loud and the racist don't represent them, don't represent who they are and what they feel about this, even though it was a, a big match like that. Anybody could have missed those penalty shots. So at the end of the day, it's just a game. Again, I understand it's a tough one to lose, but it's just a game. And human lives, human health, mental health, those are the things that matter. Those are the things that people should be championing, like in a real sense. 
Thank you for tuning in. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Megan Mood, on Instagram at Sussexet. In the meantime, y'all take care of yourselves, and I will see you guys on the next one. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.